last of us. We have changed, changed. We, are. we are, but still, still, still. We, don't. we don't belong. belong. We've changed who we are, forgotten about our history. We've gone too fucking far, but you don't care about our suffering. That part of us is dead. Lots of words for the answer song that's echoing in our head. You don't want us here, you want us gone. You're telling us that we don't belong, but this is our home. We belong here too. The word keep echoing to our ancestors too. But that's aching. We are traveling, oh, we on this road. My body's 13 roundtable discussion. I'm your host, Chris Mary Holtman, and with me I have a triumvirate of cyberpunkery. I have Chris Hewitt, welcome. Hi. <laughs> Tim Mendes, welcome, sir. Hello. And the ever loving David Green. Yeah, hello. <laughs> I am full of love always. Yes. Um, and we were thinking we were going to, this will be the first podcast in a series of podcasts where we're going to talk about 2113, Zero Hour 2113, a cyberpunk uh, project uh, hosted by Black Hair Press uh, in their series of, uh, I, don't th- I guess, would you say their 13 series? Would that be correct? That's what's down on their website, so I'm assuming so. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you go in the publication bit, it says series 13, and then... There you go. Oh, oh. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Uh, and uh, as with all of their projects, we have a project manager, who the man behind the idea, the man with the plan. Mr. David Green, would you like to kind of uh, take us into your, uh, your mind and what made you come up with this project? Um, I don't know if I want to take you into my mind. I'll <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't want to go either. No <laughs> one else wants to follow. Um, but yeah, so the idea for it was basically, um, I quite like cyberpunk. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't read a lot of the books for cyberpunk per se, but I like video games that are cyberpunk games, like Deus Ex. Um, mm-hmm. Especially Deus Ex is one of my favourite uh, game series of all time. Uh, films as well. Um, big fan of the films, uh, anime and stuff like that. Um, so Black Air Press had a call coming up for wetware, which was kind of like you know a, a cyberpunkish kind of call that was coming up. And um, Zero Hour was basically my idea for that, and I was kind of thinking of, of how to kind of do it in terms of how it starts and the inciting instant of zero hour and then the resolution of it not all the stuff that was that grew in between that came from everyone else's um, minds um because that would just be weird if that was the entire idea and it would have been way over the word limit as well um, (laughs) zero hours turned out to be about ninety thousand words altogether um so yeah so i was kind of just thinking about how to go about it and um Black Air Press had just finished the first 13 series, which was um, Passenger 13. And they were kind of talking about it in terms of like, you know, um, 
if anyone else has any kind of ideas and all that. And I just so happened to be talking to Dean, who is the, the kind of chief at Black Air Press. Um, and he was saying how excited he was about wet wear because it's one of his favourite genres. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, have you got an idea for it? And I was like, yeah, I've got one, but I'm not, I think it's too big for it. And I kind of just said like what the idea of it was. And he was like, that would be perfect for that. Have you thought about doing the, one of the 13 projects? And I was like, no, not really. Not thought about it. Seems like it's too much work to really do. <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, I've kind of put my project management days behind me after working in like higher retail management for 20 odd years. And it's kind of like, I just don't really want to manage people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> if I can help it. Yeah, manage uh, writers, much easier. Creative people, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but then I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what, yeah, I think this would be quite good. It'd be quite fun. I, I, I thought I'm confident I can do it. So, yeah, it came from there. The hardest part about it was coming up with a name because I knew straight away that I wanted to call it Zero Hour. That was what I wanted to call it. But because of the um, series, it has to have a number 13 in title. <laughs> which is where 2113 came from. Because I just was thinking, like, how can I work 13 into this? Like, you know, yeah. stories of zero hour or half of this. And I just thought, well, because originally I think I set it, I wanted to set it in 2120, like exactly 100 years into the future. Um, so that's where the 2113 came from. So that's why, that's why it's not exactly 100 years into the future. <laughs> <laughs> So that was it. So you, you, you didn't toy with 13 hour then? No. Like 13th hour. No, because that, that always bothers me anyway. Like, I, 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 hate the, I hate the term of 13th hour because I think it's because, like, I think it's one of those things that's like an old a hangover from like uh, 12 hour time, you know, you know, it's before digital yeah. time came in because it's obviously this <coughs> was just one o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> One in the afternoon, yeah. innit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, here here in, in Sweden, definitely that's how it was, everybody would be like, So what happens at one o'clock? Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, that was basically the germ of the idea. So then so I kind of knew where I wanted it to go in terms of like the ending, what what zero hour was. That was very, very early on in my mind, um, what it was, what zero hour was. That was straight away the reason for it and how it would happen i knew that um and then the kind of framework for it so for this one we have um the, the beginning chapter that introduces the kind of stakes of the story and then we have the end chapter which is the resolution and then in between that we have 11 stories that all take place within this 24-hour period from when this there's a count no big spoilers but there's a countdown timer of some kind that starts and it's got one day to go, and at twenty, and it, when it hits zero hour, that's zero hour. So all these of eleven stories are parts that take place during this time frame of twenty four hours, which was an interesting con uh, constraint because it was it was fun to try and get that across to people because you know uh, when I was kind of pitching it to people that I once on the team and um, doing the information pack, still some people at the start were kind of like, so uh, mine's gonna be set like five years before this, and if anything. <laughs> uh, it's in the, you can do flashbacks but the main storyline has to happen in this time so it was fun um, and like and yeah so I started approaching uh, people that I wanted and pretty much the 12 other people that I got other than myself because obviously I, I had to be on it um, were the people that I wanted straight away like um, which was which was great 
Yeah, and then I mean, what did you base that? That I mean, that based that like uh, criteria on like the people that you wanted were the people that you knew could write cyberpunk or just had a voice that was unique enough that thought you that it would mesh together. Um, it was the people that paid me the most money, really. Like that. That was yeah. That was, I think yeah. I paid the most. <laughs> um, no. But how was... much did you pay, Tim? Um, <laughs> we'll find out, not finally. Sexual favor. I snuck. I snuck uh, right under. That's what I went with as well. Yeah, sexual. Yeah. <laughs> All kinds of favors. I'm open to any any kind of favors. Our payment. Um, no, it was uh, <laughs> just for future reference. Well, that's um, derailed it. <laughs> yeah. um, no, like uh, what was it? I mean, it was. There's a few different things. It was, um, yeah, like, look, I, luckily enough, I was in a position where, like, you know, I do slush reading so I can see, one, if I like someone's writing or not, if I consistently like, like someone's writing, two, people that were good with deadlines, which is really, really important in, in this kind of project, um, three, if people work well with others, which is a, another thing, so I kind of looked at, like, other projects or other things like that and got some feedback from some people as well um so what i did was i wanted to get a couple of people that were on the previous 13 projects just for, just so i could ask them some questions and so they kind of knew what the the situation was even though i was doing things a little bit differently from from their one but then it was mainly it was people that that worked that i really liked um and enjoyed people that I'd seen that had done quite a bit of sci-fi stuff, but not, not completely though, because there was a couple of people that were on the team that would not write sci-fi at all and were quite apprehensive about it at the start. And I had to kind of talk them into it. But what they what I what what I wanted them to bring to the project is exactly what they brought to the project. So I was really happy about that how it turned out. Um, mm. so that was basically it really it's just people I admired and wanted to work with um, and I thought would do something pretty spectacular which i think you know yeah, i think it is i think it's a really excellent book so yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's it's good uh, i think well and and with that you know the, the and the thing with cyberpunk obviously it is a sci-fi genre which i mean doesn't in a lot of ways doesn't have to have a lot of you know hardcore sci-fi in it which is good if you haven't written sci-fi before then cyberpunk is a really good way to start because you don't, you can kind of get away with it, and we can get into that later. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Chris, mm -hmm. your your experiences with writing science uh, science fiction or cyberpunk, what are they? Um, were, not that much. Were, um, in fact, I was lucky. I I, I got a story into wet wetware, uh, which ironically enough contains many of the seeds of <laughs> zero twenty one thirteen in places, um, which was just coincidence. <laughs> I mean, that was very very lucky. Um, uh, so I think that was the first, and I wrote that, oh, a year and a half ago for a competition, uh, and it didn't, it didn't make it into the final rounds. Um, so that was the first real sci-fi. I've written a number of other sci-fi, but not cyberpunk, um, more general sci-fi. Um, so um, it's probably my second attempt at cyberpunk, um, but I'm a big fan of the genre in terms of you know the films the movies we've already mentioned um, and no doubt we'll be talking about a bit more in, in terms of inspiration in a minute so um yeah my experience of actually writing side blank not that huge but um again i think that if you're into it the passion comes out on the page really yeah tim what were 
your experiences? Uh, zero. <laughs> Absolutely zero. <laughs> um, no, I think I'd, I'd, I can't remember whether I did this first or the wetware one. Uh, probably the wetware one. So, so yeah, I didn't... Um, although saying that, I, I'm doing a, an episodic novel which is sort of dystopian. Uh, not specifically cyberpunk, but it does have elements. Uh, and it's, it's basically a genre that I, I love. Again, I'm, I'm the same as David. I love the video games. Uh, the Deus Ex games are just phenomenally good. And I'd recently just played uh, another one, which is incredible, called Observer. Mm. And that's where I got my idea for <clears throat> the wetware. And it's a, basically a genre I'd like to write more of. I mean, I'm not, not that into like hard sci-fi and all that kind of stuff. I can't, I'm not really a big fan of that, but I'm a big fan of the cyberpunk stuff. So when he asked me, it was just a case of like, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. And in my case, I'm a big fan of the the genre, the literary genre, cyberpunk. I've read quite a bit of cyberpunk and, and I force my students to write essays about cyberpunk. So we got that going, <laughs> um, which, I mean, which is, which is nice, which is fun because I get to, to get del delve into it. Uh, but I mean, I've been a big fan since, you know, New Romancer days. I love William Gibson. Uh, my favorite uh, cyberpunk author is uh, Jeff Noon, who's, uh, who's actually, not, I mean, I think if you read his books, you wouldn't think that it was traditional cyberpunk because it's a lot more surreal a lot more about drugs the dr the the future of what drug culture is um and i think that's very exciting i think tim you you'd actually um enjoy uh, jeff mm -hmm. noon quite a bit because he he i think he'd be right up your alley yeah it uh, sounds like something i'd like i'd enjoy i'll check that out yeah yeah i think vert start with vert or needle okay. in the groove with needle in the groove is all awesome because it's a it's about the music industry and it's written like lyrics on a page there aren't any full stops it's just slashes right. in between yeah and very rhythmic in its in its prose and you've got like this blue liquid that you use so you record everything all the music into this blue liquid that you put into a ball and then you shake it and that's how you remix the music by shaking and you get different nice. sounds and then you and then you play you put it in a machine and you play it but you can also inject it in straight into your bloodstream. So you get the music right in, inside you. That's that what it's called the interesting, needle yeah. in the groove. I <laughs> uh, got you. Yeah. But it's very, yeah. So it's the bends the genre very much. And that I always, that excited me. But also I think the human aspect of cyberpunk has always uh, kind of, caught me because I found that old sci-fi and I really love like 50s and 60s sci-fi but there's like no humanity in it it's all like governments uh, or corporations or advertising agencies like commanding dominating people oppressing people mm. and it's always the same some guy gets he um, he's part of the system then he realizes what the truth is and then he gets uh, sh loses his identity and he just gets shipped off to some colony and tries to make his way back. And in the end, he doesn't know if he's real or if he's not. That's basically what every single 50s or 60s <laughs> sci-fi is. 
<laughs> so most of the films are about that. I was going to say. Let's face it. Yeah, I was just thinking. I, I, if, you, if you've seen what I was just writing earlier, or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's also what my life is like, pretty much as well. <laughs> so, I mean, so, so cyberpunk always attracted me because what I think William Gibson did when he kind of formed that that genre was what actually happened. If you're going to set something a hundred years in the future, people aren't going to dress like they did in the sixties, just in the future, like they do in every single sci-fi, sci-fi movie, like, like Logan's run or whatever. They're still wearing like Nehru jackets and shit and everything's just white. And he said like culture, music, Patois has to change because of the whatever influence. And I think like Blade Runner is excellent or Fifth Element is great proof of of that. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I thought that was one of the things that I was trying to get across to people at the start of this project was um, not to go too outlandish because it's only 100 years and it's not even 100 yeah. years, it's 97 years since the future. But also don't base it on what we have now just a, a more futuristic version because things do develop and change and that's one of the reasons why i wanted to say it in london which is where it's set because it's such a melting pot of different cultures anyway and it would be interesting to kind of think of that as what would happen because of brexit and because of the pandemic and other things to kind of move that forward move the dial so if you look at like london in 1920 with the spanish flu and stuff like that and then move it to now with this pandemic and see the differences to do the same with zero hour um and that's why i kind of wanted to get in quite a lot of writers that had that kind of humanity in the writing that were able to kind of bring a lot of different aspects and cultures and outlooks and viewpoints to the writing which i think i think we did with the team that we have um and, and that emotional side as well, because that's one of the things that I think, again, that does lack with hard sci-fi is that it, it, it lacks emotion sometimes. Yeah. And I think with cyberpunk, that is something that you can't really do because a lot of it is... The big, the big question of cyberpunk generally is, like, you know, where is the line between humanity and, and not humanity? And that's something that needs to be explored. And to do that, you have to have emotional stakes in it as well. Um, um, I think we did that. I think we we got a good team that could do that. I think we explored it well in the book as well. Not in every chapter, but I think in some. <laughs> what, what was the inspiration? Where did you take your inspiration from, David, for your chapter? What what did you want to accomplish with it? Um, well, I was just in the middle of like a, of just writing detective stories at that time. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just fell into this trap. <laughs> stories and I just couldn't get out of it and I was like oh I know I'll do, I'll do another detective story so but mine was basically um I wanted to kind of follow on from Chris's chapter so Chris Hewitt down who is down here for me um he, oh, well, <laughs> we're all pointing in a different direction here <laughs> so, um, he uh he has the the luck I suppose of doing the first chapter of the book yeah cheers uh, for that yeah <laughs> No pressure. Short straw. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of had our ideas pretty early on it, though. I think even I think pretty much as soon as I kind of mentioned it to you, you had an idea pretty much straight away. Um, and I had an idea that was like, right, cool. I'm going to follow on from that one because I wanted to do a detective one because I do love like I think it's from the Deus Ex kind of thing. I just, I love that kind of hard boiled detective angle of cyberpunk. Yeah. I love that mash of like our mesh 
of um, of genre in it. So I wanted to do, and honestly, I've, I've been writing a few of them at the time, so I was kind of in that kind of um, groove, I suppose. So that was great. So I worked pretty closely with Chris on um, on that to kind of develop it. Because um, the way that we do, we'll probably talk about it a bit later on, about how, the, how we structured the writing. So it was quite, um, a lot of it was like independent at first. And then as we got through each stage, we got a bit closer and closer and closer as a group. But like with me and Chris from the start, we were pretty on the same page from it because mine directly follows on from the events of his, which doesn't happen a lot in the book. There is a lot of crossover and there's a lot of characters popping up in places and people being mentioned and places being mentioned. But this is one of the few ones where it is a directly what happens in Chris's story impacts mine and mine is kind of the resolution of what happens at the end of Chris's story. Yeah, so it comes down to, I need a body here at this time, <laughs> in this state. <laughs> get there. Don't care how you get there. Just make sure my body's behind St. Paul's. Oh, plot spoiler. <laughs> I do something in mine and Chris would look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's good, actually. I'll put that into mine. And he'd have something yeah, yeah. Look into mine as well. And it was even then, it was like just random messages to each other saying, like, so what's uh, what's this guy's... Where, where's he from? What's his name? What does he look like? Does he have any tattoos? It's like, you know, just like that kind of thing, which is which is quite fun. It was like pretty collaborative, um, and obviously, so then as we went on, it got more collaborative. Saying that with the with the collab with the collaboration aspect and talking about Chris's chapter, I was labouring under the misapprehension that his main character was called something completely different than what it was well, actually. Really? Yeah, no, really? because of him, because of David. <laughs> Because he kept calling your main he, character something yeah, yeah. different. <laughs> so the main character is called Econ. Um, yeah, yeah. Unless you're, and unless you're David, at which point it's uh, Echo. Yeah, Echo. Um, so I wrote it all out as Echo. And I was just like, no, nah, that's wrong. Like, ah. <laughs> the worrying thing is, I was actually going back and changing mine to say Echo. <laughs> <laughs> the, problem, the reason with that is I'm a huge fan of Lost, you see, and I, I love Mr. Oh. Echo. <laughs> no, it was, it was just because, right, what you've got to realise is that I had all of the stories running through my head. With all <laughs> of His excuses. Him is running <laughs> so he knows. Yeah. All in the I know what it is. But would it be easier to be a project manager on such, something like this and not write? I mean, would that have been easier? I don't think so. Um, no, I don't, I don't think so, because I think um, you've still got to, like, the way, I mean, the way I did it, I don't know, like, obviously, probably you three are going to be nice and polite and say it was all great, but maybe some of the other roundtables you do when I'm not on them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm happy to go now. <laughs> I've got a list. Yeah. <laughs> bring it on, bring it on. Um, yeah, I was kind of like, you know, I kind of wanted to let people be creative and do their ideas but i wanted them to pitch me their ideas first um in case it impacted on someone else's uh story and if it just didn't quite mesh with what i kind of wanted um i feel like with this kind of project you need to have someone who has got a vision and has to say right this is fits and this doesn't fit and kind of works that way and i don't think you'd be as as invested i don't think the other writers would kind of take it as seriously if you if the project leader wasn't actually doing some of the writing as well and being involved in it because it's like 
it's all well and good just sitting at the sidelines and saying, you do this, this doesn't work, you do this. But um, actually being in there and helping out and trading ideas and everything is, is better, I think, anyway. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Without somebody with the vision, just having a project manager pushing paper around, essentially, without that vision, mm. I think you could get into a lot of trouble very rapidly. <laughs> well, my, my first idea... Uh, that I pitched, I pitched to David, and he, he was like, "Yeah, it's a great idea, but it's far too close to uh, Alana Webb's." Right. Um, yeah, my original idea was just really close to what she was doing, so so it was like, okay, back back to the drawing board then. <laughs> that's, 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 it's hard to kind of say that to, to people, but yeah. you know, you need to because it's. Um, oh yeah, like we, we can't have two chapters that are pretty much exactly the same. Well, or at you, least they're even in the same sort of vein, can you really? I mean, well, not really. Like you know, you can you can have things that are on similar ideas or similar paths, but you have to have something that's different about them. And then w- w- once we did um, we did a competition then at the end of it for um, for people to put drabbles in it because we're separating mm-hmm. boxes with drabbles. Yeah. Um, we had some great drabbles that were sent in that we had to reject because they were either they were just even didn't fit with the world. Yeah, Which, there was a couple that I, I saw and I was like, oh, that's really good, but it really doesn't yeah. fit with the world. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there was a couple that were really, really good that were just too similar to the stories that we already had in the in the book. And you don't, you want to have, you know, that's the thing It was like, you know, um, again, one of the early questions that we had with people like saying, would, would all this kind of things be happening? And it's like, well, it's London, it's a huge city, it's going to be bigger in the future, it's got a population of what what we're saying the story about 20 odd million you know there's going to be thousands of stories happening in this 24 hour period so we wanted them all to be we wanted crossover but we didn't want them all to be the same story over and over and over again um guys i don't know if you the rest of you are seeing um a remaining meeting time of 17 uh, seven minutes 19 seconds oh yeah. Yeah. down like zero hour now i don't know if that's just chris <laughs> I think it's rejecting some tension on my end, but um, I mean, I'm, I'll you know what we can um, we can yeah, go we on. I mean, I'm recording the sound anyway, so we'll just yeah, edit it out. Pause and do another call. What do you think? We can just pause the record and then just do another call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we'll we'll continue. We'll continue. We can continue on until there's a couple of minutes, and we'll just pause and start it up again. Um, yeah. So so now we talked about. Tim, uh, Chris's uh, inspiration. No, Tim's inspiration. I think. No, Dave. Me. Where were we? We've been everywhere. So, Tim, where did you get the, your inspiration for your chapter? Um. Well, uh, like I say, because I had to go straight back to the drawing board because I originally had this idea that was going to be very much more sort of like more kind of what I write a lot of, so more psychological, more uh, sort of glitches and that kind of business. But it was far. It was far too close to another chapter and uh i had this idea and it's like um i'm a big fan of Ru- the running man and you know the end of that you've got uh, the underground network that are in the middle of the game zone yeah. and they've got this like pirate broadcast and uh and i just thought oh that's a cool idea and then i was talking to you guys and you'd had this character in yours chris uh that you that you were going to use to introduce fights in yours, and I was like, oh, 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 yeah. Can I can I nick your character? 
it was like, can I, can I go with it? Can I go with it? And you were like, yeah, go for it. So yeah, basically off to the races with it. Uh, and, it and it and it just kind of grew from there. Uh, it's one of the few times that I've been writing that I've kind of fallen in love with one of my characters. Uh, and I was just like, oh, I need to, oh, I need to go do this with this dude. I need to do this and I need to do this. And it just kind of, yeah. But uh, yeah. I don't think you were the only one. <laughs> up, I think everybody pretty much embraced him in the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My character hates him, though, which is great. Yeah, I know. I love it. I love it. I love some of the, some of the dialogue in yours about my character. It's just like, oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I just thought there was such a loving. I was like, well, surely not everyone's going to love Croon. So, like, someone's going to. Nah, yeah. There is another one. There's some more, isn't there, in Callum's uh, yeah. chapter with the, the cult guys. And then I was just like, oh, yeah, bring on the hate. <laughs> yeah. Our Croon is good. We'll have to get some. Um, I was saying to Dean, we have to get some t-shirts and like little badges made and lips and stuff like that just for... Nice. I need the merch. I definitely need the merch. I mean, that's the the thing though. Uh, I mean, merch would work really well for this, uh, maybe compared to many of the the other 13s, wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely, yeah. Well, I've been talking talking with David about it. It's like, right, we need posters, we need T-shirts. <laughs> Are there kick dates? Are there dates when he's actually performing? I'll be along. Oh, there, there is. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do a. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do a. Because uh, yeah, because obviously my day job, if you can call it that, is a DJ. So <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna moonlight as a croon one evening <laughs> when we do launch. I was like, yeah. But I can't do the accent. I was going to say, that is going to be a tricky accent. <laughs> no, so what I'm going, yeah, so I don't, yeah, I don't know. I could probably do Clipper. <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> <Or> a geezer. <laughs> I'd like to see you try it, though. I'll hear you try it. <laughs> Maybe not live. Maybe yeah, not live, <laughs> not live. It ain't going to work. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. political but how, Chris, so Chris um, how was it I mean you know being the first chapter um, did you have anything that you had to go by and I mean how important is it to feel like you, you set the tone for the entire like universe that is being built yeah I mean yeah did, you, did I feel the pressure yes <laughs> but what, I think what was happening as well that was really good and, and I think David got it absolutely right was he was dumping everything that he liked the look of onto the Facebook channel, onto the Facebook group, everything, like pictures from games, pictures from films, quotes. And then there were particular like discussion points around technology, culture, fashion Mm. and various things. So by the time I really started to sit down and think about it, there was already a kind of world, a sort of world forming, um, obviously around London, around a London that's, you know, the rich are in the mile and the, everyone else is sort of in a, in shanty towns out in the, uh, what would have been the, the East End? Like the East? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, the estuary in it basically. Yeah, the well, yeah exactly. Um, and I, I guess actually there was a blueprint there as well in terms of the world in the sense of it was a harking back to the East End sort of uh, beginning of the 20th century, probably the end of the 19th yeah. century, you know, with the, you know, the melting pot down there of cultures and yeah. um, all of that. So um, th- 
that was all there as a world. Um, and then there were a number of concepts we've been discussing. Um, and unfortunately, I did fall foul of the, um, I set my original story two weeks ahead of everything. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then David goes, no, it's all got to be the same day. Um, oh, okay. Well, that's a bit of a problem. But of course, it's not a bit of a problem in cyberpunk. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, so my story ended up um, really flipping between uh, um, the high sort of jinx of uh, athletics, which has now become almost equivalent to Formula One, a showcase for um, uh, augments. Um, so big industry, big commercial biotech companies showing off their latest products in running, essentially, in uh, track athletics, um, was one side of the story um, uh, told from um, what, one character's perspective. Uh, yes, yeah, so the story really um, is in two parts. One part is on the track covering the real effects of running in uh, 2113, where you're packed out with uh, augmentations doing, and I can't even tell you the speed, because every time I gave it to David, he kept saying, put 30 miles an hour on top of it. So they're probably running at about 700 miles an hour now. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, the other half is told uh, through the boardroom, uh, reviewing that race day, uh, and that was fun. That really was fun because that was uh, the part where you could really explore some of the concepts um, around truthers and um, big business. So I think what's nice about the, the anthology as a whole is it's got these two worlds, the, the mile with all the rich and elites. And then, you know, what you really want to see is cyberpunk, the dark, dirty side of it, the underbelly. Um, and it's, there's a good mix of stories that kind of cover both sides. And then that world in between that, you know, um, which is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really liked the framing device in yours with the, with the boardroom meeting. Yeah, and necessity. The, you know, necessity, then, uh, thanks know, the, to David. <laughs> yeah, and the footage, I just thought, great, I love it really. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, I think I don't really know where I got my, well, I, th I know what I got my inspiration from, but where it developed into what it what ended up being, I'm not really so sure. Because I was sitting as this project was starting up, and I was kind of thinking like, oh, well, I don't even know where I want to go with my story. I don't really know. I want to kind of wait to see what other people are doing. And I was uh, returning, as I work at the school library, I was returning books. Uh, students would come in uh, because of the pandemic. They would come in a, a five at a time and they would drop off their books. And uh, I have a student whose name is Santa. Um, and she was putting on, you know, she was sanitizing her hands. What's she doing now? <laughs> <laughs> she was sanitizing her hands and she was just like, you know, she's just like, I'm a sanitizer. And I was just like, that would be a really wow. good wrestling name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, That's wait, I can, I can use that, the sanitizer. Uh, and it just kind of morphed, morphed from there. So actually, like all these characters that are in my story are students at my school. <laughs> <laughs> really? They're, all based, no, they're, they're all based on various students uh, at the school. Brilliant. So, I mean, it was, so, so from there, it kind of like, you just kind of have to decide like, what kind of character is this guy? So most of this, like everything, like the probably borrow the personalities and everything like that. Of course, they're a little, especially kind of like the bad guys are obviously a little twisted. 
they're not i don't think they're that bad really um and i think it just kind of <laughs> it just developed there just like the whole idea of just like that is a great fighter name and it's just like yes what can i do with fighting in you know in, in this in this world in the cyberpunk world and it's just like yeah it kind of went from there um i mean they're taking a little bit of uh, inspiration from like maybe mortal Kombat or blood sport with jean-claude van damme you know this whole kind of organized underground fighting ring was kind of just like where i wanted to go with it i do think that my story is probably the one story that has the least amount of um connections to the other stories it's kind of i feel like I mean, that's kind of just my sense sense of it but also i think i finished my story very early compared to a lot of people so i was you trying did, to yeah. get I don't know if it does have less. I think it has more subtle connections with yours. To be honest, yeah. like obviously Tim's um, is quite linked to yours, quite quite a bit actually. Um, and then Chris's with a device that is quite integral to his story is is from the fighting pits, as it's mentioned, isn't it? And then obviously I've got a character in mine who uh, bets on and mentions it quite a lot. Uh, Raven's story. Uh, on its final draft got a few mentions of the pits in it as well. So there's a few, there is a few in there. Like, I don't think any, I don't think any of them are really completely out of whack with the others. I think there's a mention in every single one, even the Argamals, which was, which was great. That, like, that came about in the second draft phase, I think, didn't it? Yeah. That's a shame because that, <laughs> that, that is an idea I'd love to have, I, I don't, I was kind of almost done. I was out of space. <laughs> <laughs> word count wise otherwise i would have been in there having I throw in here? <laughs> <laughs> you would have had to have just crossed it all out no no yeah there's no excuse for a cat in there <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was something that was just specific to that one story and obviously when we had the first reading period it then everyone was kind of like we we came up with a name for it and then everyone was like what if i can put a little argamal in in mind. <laughs> well, that's the beauty with my character being such such a loud mouth <laughs> is that he could just waffle on about any old <laughs> nonsense and it'll work. <laughs> so it was kind of like, right, penguins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember the penguins, yeah. By <laughs> penguins. Yeah. But I mean, it is. It's kind of. I mean, because in in Blade Runner, no, not Blade Runner. Yeah, wouldn't it be Blade? Um, do androids dream of electric sheep? I mean, the original yeah. story, there are, that's what he wants. In, yeah. in the, I mean, Decker wants like a, sh a sheep, I think it is. That's like his, yeah. his highest wish is to have a sheep that he can have on the roof. Yeah. It's a bit kinky, really, if you think about it. Well, he, maybe he's Welsh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, dear. Yeah, but, I mean, you were talking about that. You were just getting into that, David. But like, how how was the how did it work structuring this this project? Um. So, yeah. Um. One of it was just kind of like thinking of it in terms of how much time did we have and how intricate did we want to make it? And I wanted to make it quite intricate, but I think you can't start off with everything meshed together, it's impossible to do it unless it's just one, even if it was one person writing it, uh, you can outline things, but things crop up as they go. Um, 
So when you have 13 different people with 13 different personalities and 13 different styles and 13 different approaches to how they write stuff, like it's, it's difficult. So um, the first thing that I did after getting the team, approaching the team to get yeses, was that I worked on a welcome pack that had information of the setting, information of the world, information of some of the themes that I wanted to hit with it. Um, the insight and instant and the kind of what zero hour was, uh, but not the actual resolution for it. I wanted to kind of keep that as a surprise. I didn't want people to work that into the story because as writers, we always want to get the big bang at the end of it, you know? And so if I think if you knew what <laughs> was at the start, like, you know, people would be wanting to hint to it, which was something that we, some people had to kind of rein back on a little bit. Um, they didn't want to spoil the surprise too much because the, the surprise is the twist is in the last chapter. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff. And then we had a Facebook group. So before, so I sent out the email to everyone that had the welcome pack. And then before I invited everyone to the group, I just, as Chris said before, I made a few photo albums of like uh, fashion, uh, setting, other things like that, inspirational things like um, that you can look at to kind of get some ideas. So obviously there were some people that were on the team that weren't um, into cyberpunk or sci-fi in general. So it was, it was one of those things. Um, and then it was basically getting people to pitch me with their idea, uh, just to make sure that they weren't the same as someone else's. There was no tr chapter structure. We weren't saying what anyone was going to be the chapter on this one because because they're all taking place in that twenty four hour period, so it wasn't really as as important at the start. And it was basically we had uh, our first deadline. I think it was six weeks for the for our first bit of work, and then we did a two week re reading period where we just focus on reading each of the stories and delivering feedback and crit and all that kind of stuff, which is really, really important just to try and get it to the, the best that we can do, any inconsistencies. But at that point, that wasn't that important because the important thing was getting the story to work. And then we had a second draft period where people then would take ideas and criticism and feedback from other people, incorporate it, maybe look at other people's stories and see things that they wanted to borrow and bring things in. We, um, and Chris helped me a bit with this one as well. Uh, his help was invaluable with it where he was kind of tracking stuff on a, on a website and we kind of looked at some kind of themes that maybe weren't yeah. being hit hard enough or stuff that kind of cropped up that was interesting that popped up just as a coincidence in other people's work. They were like, okay, let's focus a little bit on this. Let's mention this more in everyone's stories. So we did that. I think that was four weeks um, or maybe three weeks. And then we had another two-week reading period um, where we could look at it all again and then basically we had a final i think it was two week period for the for the third draft where it was basically um iron ironing out any inconsistencies whatsoever like you know obviously there's going to be some i'm not it's ninety thousand words it's 13 different writers um there might be a little bit here and there but we came up with some kind of ways to hide the inconsistencies like um the environment's gone mad so it could, it could be someone could be traveling across to london and it could be raining there it could be sunny in another part of london like we talked about how london was had stretched out from Essex all the way up to oxford at this point and yeah. it was like it's a huge huge place so the weather can be different so there's all these kind of things that we kind of like put it worked into it so we could kind of hide any of those kind of things but we made sure that like the main things like the, all the names of the companies are the same. The, the actual reason for zero hour is the same. Um, names of places that are mentioned, characters that are mentioned, they look the same, they sound the same, they have the same voice. And one of the good things, then not because he's on the call, but another good thing about Tim's character being a DJ, 
um, was that we could use him if he said something in like if he had a broadcast, we could use that as a time, as a way to track time in the chapters. So you could so as a reader, you could read it and say, oh yeah, okay, so this is this so this is happening around this time of of this person's here. And as we kind of went through it, and I'll kind of waffling a little bit here, but as we went through it, then through this this process, we started off with thirteen individual to us to us to away stories some people collaborated a little bit at the start like you know as we did we shared ideas but as we went through it it became more and more meshed into a bit that's like very very intricate now and when i was kind of reading it all and put it into a chapter order before i sent it all off like i think the chapter order really really works and it worked yeah. well the story is a real good <clears throat> i got everyone on the last read through to read it through in that kind of chapter order just to see and it's like it's a real good build of ideas and, and tension and the world really kind of thrives when you read it in this order. Um, but, you know, the, the great thing about it is that you can pick it and it, unless as long as you start with the first chapter and end with the last chapter, you can read it in any order you want, really. Yeah. Mm. No, I mean, yeah, and that's um, that's a great thing. I think uh, it all came together um, in such an amazing in, in an amazing way, I found um and really i mean i think this the part that's interesting with cyberpunk and which could be i mean not a lot of people if you talk to people in general they don't really know what cyberpunk is they have an understanding of what science fiction is but very few have an idea of what cyberpunk is and, and that's kind of fun because then you can play with it a little bit i mean mm -hmm. sure there are rules as there is with any old genre uh, but I think it's a uh, cyberpunk is an, an, an easier um, genre to break those rules with a little bit, as long as you stay consistent in, you know, tone, language. As long as you're, you're sort of internally consistent. Mm. The reason, because it's, you know, it's whatever world you're creating, isn't it? I mean, yeah. so you get that, we get a lovely freedom with that because it's, it's like um, with this, which I thought was really interesting was kind of like the uh, the cultural mix melting pot aspect of it, which David was talking about. I thought that was really quite unique um, because it's totally different from what you'll get with like Blade Runner, for example, mm -hmm. or anything like that, because it is London and it is very much of London, if that makes any sense at all. Probably doesn't, but um, yeah. it's like an... <laughs> It's like, uh, it could only really happen the way it's happened in London. Yeah. I'm just talking about that. I don't mean that. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, hard to explain. Yeah, I think it's like when you think of somewhere like uh, New Nivena, which is one of uh, Holtman's yeah. creations, like that place, that is something that you could realistically see happening in the future in London. Yeah. Because it's in London, because of that kind of culture. Whereas you wouldn't, I got, really, I, yeah, I got the inspiration from that for that for the from the TV show. If you can't pay, we'll take it away. <laughs> Which is a British show. I mean, have, <laughs> that's you know, the isn't that the thing about bailiffs? <laughs> yeah, they come and take your stuff. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, <laughs> and they go in. Well, I mean, really, they go into like the seediest places where, like, sometimes at some chippy where they can't pay. And they're just like, yeah, no. And I was just like, I kind of wanted to get that vibe of people just kind of doing whatever they can to to make ends meet, to get it. You know what? Okay, we won't pay our taxes 
because if we do, we're going to have to shut this place down. Mm. And I mean, That's if you do it's a mouth thing. Yeah, yeah and I, I felt that like if this is what's happening, because every time they have like they have a like a radio host that the, like in in every, if you if you split you can't uh, if you can't pay we'll take it away into like chapters which is other things like it, it, they're doing this first then they're doing this and they're doing that and then there's like this radio voice in between saying uh last year in great britain alone 10,000 people had the mumps no but i mean stuff like that <laughs> but uh, so they t- take these facts and they're very like dire facts really and then you see the result of that as the bailiffs are taken away their TV or kicking people out uh, or breaking into an apartment where people aren't paying the rent and there happens to be like a Polish prostitution ring in there. Um, and it's like, so if that's, if that's England now, yeah. <laughs> and, and you see the influx of immigrants, especially from, from the Middle East, from Afghanistan, and the government just can't take responsibility for the amount of people they bring in, what is going to happen? They're going to move to those places where they feel most comfortable, where their people are, and they try to take care of each other. And that was, that was kind of like what new uh, Nineveh was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like this once dream community of people trying to take care of each other and then just everything just falling apart. And this is what remained. Well, it's again like what David was saying earlier. It's, it mirrors what was happening in the sort of late Victorian period in mm. the East End. You know, your places like your White Chapel, your Isle of Dogs, and all that kind of stuff. So it was mirroring that. Is the what I thought. Yeah, because that's that's certainly the the concept I had. That it was, in fact, at some point, I thought it was going to go very much um, sort of Victorian back streets, Jack the Ripper, especially with you on board, Tim. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you missed the trick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, maybe next time it'll be like a Jack the Ripper story set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an interesting that's, a, that's an interesting story <laughs> in fact yes. if you leave it vague and then you don't know who it is but it's croon but leave it vague <laughs> you know like all these conspiracy theories about who it might have been but it's croon yeah. i think yeah. i think i think green's uh the wheels are turning in his head yeah yeah i can yeah. see it's like this <laughs> Yeah, I do have these weird ideas sometimes. That's just like what <laughs> What do you think about that about um, zero? Was that like then people were asking me like because we weren't allowed to talk about it, and like uh, I kept asking a few people would say, "Are you doing anything for wetware?" And I was like, "No, I had an idea, but it just uh, didn't pan out." Like so, I'm running out of time, and I think like two days. And I'm not normally like this, but like two days before wetware was finished, I was like sod it i'm gonna do i'm gonna do one for wetware and then something completely different and it got in which was like i was really pleased so i was like you best if you like this one what about my first idea <laughs> <laughs> i love it um so i just wanted to ask uh, you you guys uh other than your own chapters which ones which ones uh tim which one did you like the best maybe not the best but which one stands out to you when you think about this, the project uh very interesting idea um <sighs> I think for me personally, just mainly because of what sort of thing I like, I really enjoyed Harry's because it was just a complete and total. Yeah, yeah I have to agree. What? Harry's just blew me away. It really did. <laughs> we were just like, like, what in the 
hell. It's like nothing else <laughs> in that book. <laughs> yeah. When I get to you, Chris, you're not allowed to mention it because it's already been mentioned. All right. Oh. Agree on, but, but yeah, no, that's that, that's good. Harry was a uh, was a great one to bring on. Like he's uh, he um, it's his chapter was definitely what I wanted from him. Mm. You know, it's totally it's different just, to the rest of it. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, of all the stories in there, I think that one had the biggest emotional impact on me reading it as a reader. I mean, the others have got more tech in them and got more whatever, but that's the one at the end. You're thinking, wow, I've just been on a bit of a trip there, <laughs> literally. Um, you know, I've got a, I think I understand what's going on. Um, but yeah. yeah, my mind's probably trying not to understand it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean I mean, the story is called Dirt Box. So that kind of, like, you know, that, <laughs> that kind of gives you an indication, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> What, what what to expect from it uh so chris other, other than uh hewitt other than other than dirt box what other one kind of stands well i'm not going to say yours david because that's what you're fishing for obviously. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no sadly i'm gonna say tim's um because he's on the call as well uh no seriously tim's because <laughs> because of croon to be quite honest the introduction of croon that characterization character in it um i i, I you know if if the other one had me sort of gripping the table if uh, Dirtbox had me sort of gripping the table, sort of, a diff, you know, I'd say on some levels a difficult read to get through, but a compelling read on, for that. Tim's had me laughing in, in the aisles, really. Um, and it's great to see those two extremes in a single anthology, um, yeah. especially sharing common ideas. I mean, it's, you know, it's different. I'm all for different perspectives, but wow, to be able to be laughing about one perspective of the same thing that someone else has got you seriously kind of like, wow, you know, emotional yeah, about. I think Harry's mentions Croon as well, I think, from memory. Yeah, I wrote him a bit. I wrote him a little... Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 it does, yeah. To, yeah. Be, to be broadcast, because uh, I, I, I did that towards the end, uh, when, it was, when it was coming up to the end, because everybody was using the same broadcast same. out of my story. So it was like, I tell you what, I'll just write hundreds of them and you can pick and choose. So I ended up just going off on one and writing all these little bits and pieces. But I wrote him one specifically for his chapter that we're, yeah, just yeah. like, yep. It's a good bit. Hope but to be that. fair, I mean, it's a bit of an unfair question as well. I'm going to cover the bases here by saying, you know, I wouldn't say they were good stories, but um, overall, other people had better, you know, there were better ideas in other stories sort of thing. And um, certainly Kate, Katie's at the end. My God, I mean, it's a tour de force in in this zero hour world. I mean, when I read I that, read it. it was... Still oh, read it. Well, I've because, read... No, because you never posted it. <laughs> well, no, I've read three quarters of it and it is a staggering yeah, tour I've de read force. The, I've read half of the first draft. <laughs> right. <thing>. So <laughs> I don't know the ending. <laughs> how does this thing end? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I'll be buying a coffee because I don't know how it ends. <laughs> no, it, it means that there's definitely... <laughs> You know, that's the way we look at it. It's definitely 12 sales from it because you all want to know what happens. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah, oh, I do. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. No, you'll see it when the edits come out because they're all, they're all coming out together. Um, I think yeah. I won't look. I'll, I'll wait till it comes out. Now I've, now I've reached that point. It'll be, I want to see it when the, how the readers yeah, see it. To be honest, it, you know? I might go yeah. that way myself. Yeah. Just, no, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll read it all. I'll read the editor. <laughs> I'll be good. Captain Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it'll be on the channel. Oh, my God. I'm going to post it in the group. 
open up a discussion <laughs> group for it. <laughs> um, other than other than the ones mentioned, Hope, what is there anything that stands out for you from terms of like people what we could kind of look out for? Well, I mean, I do, I do enjoy um, yours um, particularly because I do love a little bit of tech noir. Uh, I'm a big noir fan, so I mean, I could get, I could get right in into the mood, and I think it captures exactly what I, my kind of vision of what what cyberpunk is. Uh, I was actually kind of like reading for a, an advanced reader copy of a tech noir story right as we started this project. <laughs> yeah, so so it was kind of, which is in no way as good as what we produced. <laughs> but they were only one. <laughs> it was only one person writing. But I think it's difficult because I mean, and, and I, I like that because it's so easy to have, like, in the one that I was reading. I'm not going to say what it was because I still have to write the review for it. Um, but there was like this. I mean, it's easy to add a like a robot sidekick into such a story, uh, which this the one that I've read has. And I find sometimes that falls a little flat. And I think when you and I first talked about it, because I do, just like I have a fantasy world, I have a cyberpunk world of my own where I set short stories. Um, and there there are, there, there are mutants and there are psychic mutants as well, kind of like magicians, but they can use psychic powers. So it's kind of like a fantasy world almost a techno fantasy world. And I mean, I asked you to begin with, you know, like, can we use that? And you said, no, shy clear of, stay clear of mutants and stuff like that, which kind of like threw out a bunch of stories of mine, <laughs> like right out the window. Um, but I think in the end that was good because as we said, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have ended up being cyberpunk. It would have been something completely different. Yeah, maybe, maybe for the sequel, we can bring some mutants in possibly. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so my ones ones that stand out. I mean, I genuinely uh, love all of them. I think they're all really, really I think they're, they're brilliant stories. And the one, all the ones that you mentioned are great. Uh, the, the final one, especially the end of it uh, that KT did is, is and hope, hopefully she, you'll get on one of the round tables, is uh, it's a stunning piece of work. Um, yeah, there's some there's some great ones in it. I think one of them, and I think it's because I kind of worked quite closely with her and fielded a lot of questions. And I'm going to butcher her name because I can never say it. It's a Zemina. 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 Zemina Escobar. Yeah. Yeah, Zemina's <coughs> was uh, yeah. I love that one. I just think of it that one like how you were saying about mine, Chris. How it kind of captures like how your thought of of the genre. Her one really captures what I like about cyberpunk, which is that kind of like moral aspect of it. Um, and you know, what would you do? How, how far do you push the, the limits and yeah. the emotional side of it? And I, some of the visuals she has done it as well. is just like really, 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 really strong. I really, yeah. The that. beginning, the beginning of that with all the stuff like the Dockland and all that, it was like mm. smell the pollution in the Thames. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. really, really yeah. evocative. But there's some, there's, I mean, every single person brings something different to it. I mean, you start off with, with Chris's, which is like corporate espionage kind of yeah. boardroom level thing that, that brings in the world really well. And then you go straight into Greg Cunningham's like Mad Max. Yeah, kind of yeah that one is. That's really Fury Road style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that just, was an awesome one. Uh, my, yeah, really? other, my other favourite, just thinking about it, was Callum's. yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, like, going back to what I said right at the beginning about things that influenced me, uh, which is interesting because he never played the video game Observer. Right. But 
that whole machine god type cult yeah, yeah, thing yeah. was just like, oh, yeah, that was, so that was right on my street, that one. Yeah, he had that idea pretty <coughs> on. Um, it was, he, he hit up on that pretty fast. Like, I love that. I, I, mean, I love the kind of cult aspect of, I was really, I think it was in the welcome pack, actually, that I was like saying like themes to explore. And I think one of them was like, cults was something that yeah. I was like, mom can do a cult story, that'd be great. Because uh, I really like that I kind of find the cult and we have like uh, one that's like worshipping technology and one that's worshipping the flesh. And Humanity, I was like, yeah. Yeah. And then, well, that I mean, was, um, yeah, because um, you, you again, like the, the Deus Ex games, Mankind yeah. Divided had that cool side thread, didn't they? Yeah, with the, yeah, yeah, yeah. With that, which was really, yeah. Yeah, that was the other thing it reminded me of. It was just like, and he's never played it. <laughs> it's just like, right. <laughs> yeah, he nailed it. I mean, like, you've got some great stories in there as well. Like, I mean, you've got uh, Chris Banner does, like, a really good body horror story. Um, mm. with, with, like, a real sleazy person as well. Like, a real sleazy I uh, wanted to kick him, uh, cat that character's ass. I really did. I was reading it and I was getting angry. <laughs> and, and you've got Roberta Goley with, with her story, which is like a really um, personal story as well for her. Um, and it's like, it's a, it's a great, yeah, it's a really great story. It's got a real good emotional heart. In it, and it's ties in with your story, Tim, as well. Um, quite, yeah. quite quietly as well. Yeah, I worked quite, I worked with her quite a lot um, when she was writing it because we had to basically because hers ends at the same time, mine ends at the same place. So we had to, yeah, yeah. so I worked with her quite closely on that. Yeah, and then, and then Chris Hewitt uh, threw a, a, a grenade in there. <laughs> oh, little, yeah. Like, to, <laughs> kind of, uh, we had to kind of thread. Oh, come on. <laughs> Anyone would think I changed the entire story and all I wanted was one <laughs> item from the beginning yeah. to the end of the story. And it was like... <laughs> It was getting more, more. It was each conversation <laughs> was getting more and more convoluted. About it was, that. wasn't it? <laughs> it could have worked. In my mind, it was really easy, and then it yeah. started getting. By the time, well, and then you let on he didn't even know what the order was, so then it was getting a little tricky. Because yeah. <laughs> like, um, like one, it could have worked. So at one point, Chris wanted uh, a one-to-one -one scale map of London drawn out with oh, all yeah. the district. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> And the monorail. I, I, I said that in, we got the monorail. The monorail's in there. The monorail yeah, yeah. is in there. I got the monorail in there. Yeah, I, 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 I managed to get it in there. Because that's the that's the thing as well that I wanted to kind of get across to people when they were talking about the geography of it was that the um this the sense of of, of size, but I wanted to get this, the the verticality and the verticality was more important than the absolute specific places where everything was because my my vision was like that kind of like you know victorian london thing with Whitechapel and everything was that the the richer the elite would raise themselves higher and higher and higher to get out of the shit yeah. at the bottom yeah i thought yeah. that was a nice touch actually that the mile in the city at the moment is the wealthy financial center mm -hmm. uh, and it kind of it literally flips that the mile is actually now not a reference to its uh you know horizontal area but it's actual vertical height into the sky yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah. actually a much larger area than that which was a, a very nice touch i think and it really layers that that cultural the higher you get up the richer yeah. you are which i think set the scene for a lot of it 
Yeah, KT oh. did a really good job of that at the end as well. Oh, the drawings. Wow. Gentlemen, we our time is running out, so we're going to have to uh, end this uh, roundtable discussion, but uh, people will be able to listen to others uh, as we have a lot more authors that we have to go through. Um, no. Before we go, just if people would like to say, you know, first of all, you can get the pre-order. It's mm -hmm. already up of, uh, of uh, Zero Hour 2113, uh, anywhere you find books. No, mostly Amazon. <laughs> um, Chris Hewitt, where can people find you on the old internet? If they, want to if they want to follow you. Um, so, yeah, probably the easiest one is just go to my website, muse.blog. Um, everything else is on there for links, some, some stories, some examples, whatever I'm doing, it's on there. And it's easier to remember than 62 different um, uh, social media names. So mused, M-U-S-E-D dot blog, um, gets you into all of it mm -hmm. without Tim. the need for a cardboard. <laughs> Tim, do you have your cardboard <laughs> with you? There you go. <laughs> you knew it was coming, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there we go. So oh, look, Tim Nemby's writer dot wordpress dot com. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Mr. Green. I'm just marveling at this what he's brought up. On yeah, yeah, no, yeah, just your low tech solution. Look. Oh look at that. The How wonders did you do that? of a line of text on a video screen. <laughs> How the hell did you do that? Oh, it's not in Zoom. Right. It's in the um, it's in the video software. Don't, let's move on. <laughs> David, where can we find you? Uh, well, I'm just going to do it the even older-fashioned way, just do it word of mouth. So uh, probably the best place is my website as well, um, davidgreenwriter.com. Um, and right at the very top of it, you can sign up for my newsletter, which is um, the best kind of place. You get a free story for um, for joining up. It's called The mm -hmm. Devils of Jersey, which is not a cyberpunk story. Um, yeah, and that's that'll be the best place to kind of to kind of find out what's going on. There'll be a lot of stuff about Zero Hour on the newsletter mm. as we get closer to January when it's out on January the 23rd. There you go. There you go. And you can follow me. If everybody's saying their websites, I can say my website as well. It's wisconsinnoir.wixsite.com where you can find everything. Everything links from there. Perfect. Yeah. Blackhairpress.com Blackhairpress.com It'll be on there cool. as well. I think as well, what might be nice to say as well is that, you know, we, we will be doing that. We'll, we'll back for more um, on this one, hopefully with the same, more or less the same team. Hopefully everyone comes back. Um, and the title is After Zero Hour, colon, 2213. So it was a hundred year time jump. But we may still have some characters that you may have grown to love. <laughs> <laughs> cruise Jamal. head in a jar <laughs> yeah exactly there's ways of doing it like you know who, who you know croon's a long living guy like he could he could live you know argumentations could make him live for centuries you know you never yeah. know you never know well you never know I know because I'm already <laughs> I'm already even thinking he's already about written it, it. <laughs> well Anyway, I've already got the note. Seriously, I've already got it drafted out in my notebook. Yeah. <laughs> For uh, David Green, T Tim Mendes, Chris Hewitt, I'm Chris Mary Holtman. Thank you for tuning in, listening. Follow the Guild uh, anywhere you find your podcast. Um, you'll also be able to find this video on the Tim Mendes 
YouTube channel. Do you want to say what that is? Uh, yes. Oh, indeed. do you have another? Funnily no. enough. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> Tidy URL uh, forward slash Tim Mendy's YouTube. Cheers. There we go. Perfect. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. And, uh, well, I hope, hopefully you'll hear all the listeners uh, returning for the next roundtable. Yeah.